Well, good morning. Who would have thought that we would have started this morning off with it being dry and before long we had rain, rain, and more rain. It is just, I'm so amazed. I love the sound of rain. We don't get it quite as much here as in where I grew up in Arlington where we had thunderstorms and it was just, it's just a, a beautiful thing to just sit around the house and just feel it shake from, from the thunderstorms that we have. But boy, it is nice to hear the rain falling down. It just so happens that this morning we're going to start kind of a, a mini series over the idea of how great God really is. And, and before we talk about the Creator, what I want to do is I just want to show you a few pictures from some of His latest work, His creation that we found. Some of these will be familiar with you. Uh, let me tell you exactly what this, for those of you who don't know, the lights that you see behind me are a result of disturbances in the magnetic sphere caused by solar wind. Okay, These disturbances alter the trajectories of charged particles in the magnospheric plasma. These particles, mainly electrons and protons, precipitate into the upper atmosphere, the thermosphere, and the exosphere. The resulting ionization and excitation of atmospheric constituents emit light of varying color and complexity. And there you have it. This is also known as what? The Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. This is one of the, the seven natural wonders that we have. It's a natural light that's displayed in their sky, predominantly seen in high latitude regions around the Arctic and the Antarctic. Uh, and if you take the time, you can just go look on Google uh, Aurora Borealis and you'll see just some amazing pictures. That is, that is something that that people stared out long before we had um, screens to look at and uh, other things that would distract us. How about this right here? Okay, this is known as what? The Grand Canyon. Several years ago, the church took a trip to Tuba City, uh, actually several years in a row, and on one of the trips, uh, we went there, we were in Tuba City, and then we drove several miles. We ended up with this, this huge, beautiful canyon out there. We stayed there for several hours. We had a devotional, and we did what every good teenager or boy would do when you get near a big hole. You grab rocks and you start throwing them. And literally for 30 minutes, no one thought about their phones. No one thought about Facebook or Snapchatting. We literally would pick up rocks and chunk them and see if we can get it to hit something and then watch them fall down. I thought, this is so incredible. I never thought the Grand Canyon would, Canyon would be so amazing. And one of the people who lived there looked at me and like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is awesome. Like, I've always wanted to visit the Grand Canyon. And then they're like, well, maybe someday you will. And I'm like, what? They're like, this is not Grand Canyon. Like, this is not even a good canyon. Like, there's the Grand Canyon. And then there's like this pothole a few miles away from where we are now. We would later actually go to the Grand Canyon and it was 
un- it was just breathtaking. It was literally breathtaking. I held my breath, especially when I got near the edge. I was so afraid of it. The Grand Canyon is 277 miles long. It's up to 18 miles wide and goes over a mile deep, 6,000 feet deep. Now, several recent studies support the hypothesis that the Colorado River established its course through the area about five to six million years ago. That's how long that they figured it would have taken the water to run through. Genesis claims that God did it a little quicker than that. And then we have this one. The the Earth's highest mountain above sea level is located in the Himalayas. It's known as what? Mount Everest. Low-level clouds usually fall around the 6,500 feet area. The mid-level clouds go between 6,500 feet and 15,000 feet. And the high-level clouds usually are somewhere around the 15,000 feet and up level. Now, I I say all that to say it looks like this picture has been photoshopped. It has not. You see this band right here. I don't know if it's it's not going to show up. It's not going to show up here. But you see that cloud band. It looks like somebody just kind of copied and pasted that in there. Those are clouds below the peak. Because while normal high-level clouds are in the 15,000 feet range and, and above, Mount Everest Peak is, can anybody guess, 29,031 feet. It's actually 31.7 feet. It is almost six miles tall. As of 2019, over 300 people have died on Mount Everest, many of whose bodies still remain up there on that mountain. How, how big is this mountain? Well, in his most recent book um, called, now I've, I've already lost it, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Bomber Mafia, he describes how there was a group of B-29s that would try to fly over so that they could get down onto Japan because they wanted to drop bombs and they wanted to be very specific about their targets that was their goal they didn't want a carpet bomb they wanted to find out so they would fly over the Himalayas along with Mount Everest right and they would call that the hump and they said that was the scariest thing these are pilots in the Air Force or in the Army, which would soon become the Air Force, later become the Air Force, they were flying over during wartime, and the scariest part wasn't the flak. It was trying to get over what is known as the hump. They also called it the Aluminum Trail, which was alluding to the 700-plus planes that littered the ground that had crashed trying to go over and one of the reasons why is the mountain range is so high it has its own little weather system up there in fact cutting through there is this high turbulence uh, area uh, that jet stream that travels at over 140 miles an hour 
and this is before anybody had any GPS, they could not figure out. They would fly over, and if they went sideways to this, it would shift them over, and they were nowhere near where they thought they were supposed to be. And if they flew into it, it would catapult them forward. And when they thought they should be doing about 350, they were doing almost 500 miles an hour. They weren't getting anywhere near the targets. And the worst is if they got caught going into this jet stream. That it was, it was, they were flying, but because of the wind, if you were standing on the ground and looking up, this plane would be flying. And they said at times their ground speed was negative three miles an hour. They were basically just hovering over um, this area. That's how enormous and dangerous and magnificent Mount Everest is. And then we have this one right here. I don't know if anybody, any of you are familiar with this. Can anybody guess what this wonder of the world is? Niagara Falls. Victoria Falls is actually the correct answer. It's located on the Zambezi River in South Africa. The Victoria Falls are classified as the largest waterfall based on its width, which is approximately uh, actually a little over one mile, 5,600 feet wide, and has a height of 354 feet. So if you want to try to do the math, we don't have anything around here that's near big enough, but if you can imagine a 35-story building that is a mile long, that would be what it would look like if you were down in that trench. Of course, the water would be coming over. The Victoria Falls are roughly twice the width of Niagara Falls and twice as high. Now this is something that's interesting. The spray from the falls that comes up can reach up to 2,600 feet high and is visible from up to 30 miles away. The spray from the water when it hits and comes back up could be seen if you were here you could see it uh, in Seminole how incredible is that and then we have this whoops right here whoops I'll figure it out this is our oceans our oceans cover a good bit uh, of our earth our earth's surface just a tad under 71 percent over 70%. So let's just put this in terms. If you go out and you decide you're going to buy a little piece of land and you find 10 acres and you purchase that land and that land has the same ratio of water to land like the rest of the earth does, you would own seven acres of water and three acres of land. That's how much water we have on there. In fact, um, the longest chain of mountains is underwater and is 40,000 miles long. It goes north and south from uh, the Atlantic. It cuts across the Indian and goes all the way across the Pacific and then back up again. 40,000 mile long mountain range. In fact, it is estimated, estimated that 90 percent of the earth's living species exist within the oceans that means if there were 15 creatures that we got in in the earth and gathered them together 14 of them would live in the ocean one of them 
would live on land. Less than 5% of the planet's oceans have been explored. In fact, we know more about the surface of Venus and Mars than we do about our own oceans on this planet. The Pacific Ocean is the world's largest ocean and contains about 25,000 islands. The Antarctic Sheet, uh, which floats, of course, uh, up near the top at Antarctica measures 5.4 million square miles. Just to give you an idea of how large that is, the continental U.S. is approximately 3.9 million square miles. It is a piece of ice larger than the United States. More interesting data, the uh, Mariana Trench is found 35,800 feet below the surface of the water. To give you an idea of what that is, that is over seven miles deep. If you took Mount Everest, the largest mountain in the world, and you put it in the Mariana Trench all the way down at the bottom, you would have to swim down one mile to reach the peak of it. Seven miles deep. The pressure at that point is eight tons per square inch. So if you found your way down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench and you sat there, it would be like it would be like having it would be like having seven jumbo jets sitting on top of your head. Uh, also, tsunamis uh, are triggered by sin uh, seismic events and can move across the ocean at speeds of 500 miles an hour. They can reach up to 100 feet tall. And in fact, there was the Indian Ocean tsunami, which was less than 10 years ago. It hit 15 countries from Thailand to Africa, and it killed over a quarter of a million people. Also, interestingly enough, there are approximately 3 million shipwrecks in the ocean. And now I want to take just one more minute, and I want to talk about the earth itself. And so I'm going to need some help. So Gracie, can you come up here? And I, I'm going to need you to invite a friend to come with you. Can you grab somebody else to come with you? There's Kellen right behind you. Why don't you, you grab her? She's, she's like, oh, no, not me. Too late. Okay, so I borrowed this from your room. This is what? No, it's not. It's a globe. It's not really the earth because then we wouldn't all be able to fit inside this. This is a representation of it. Okay, so we borrowed this. There's something interesting about this. Okay, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you notice that it's, see how it has like this C shape to it? If they don't sit it flat. They put it up on an angle. You want to know why they do that? is because it's a whole lot easier to read if you're looking straight at it, see? Because if it was straight, right? Is that why they have it tilted like this? Do you know why this is tilted at this angle? Because this is the way that it's oriented in our solar system. Our, our Earth does not turn like this. It turns like this. And this is super, super important. Why do you think this is important? Can you guess why you think it's important? Okay, let's back up. We're going to ask a little bit easier question. Okay, what, what is, what's going on right now? What's this doing? It, it's rotating. 
How long does it take for this to make one turn? 24 hours. So you're going to help me out. Will you, you can turn it a little faster. Can you start turning it? And I want you to help, Kellen. Can you uh, see when we get to the United States? Oh, right there. Right there. There's Hobbs. Okay, so let me see. That's sun. Okay, here's the sunrise. It's coming in. It's coming in. Okay, oh, so now we have daylight. Yeah, that was probably about, what, 6 this morning. It's, what, about getting close to about 10 o'clock, 9.30. So that's where it is here. See this dark spot here? That's where it gets dark. And so the earth's going to keep turning. It's going to keep turning. Oh, midday. It's getting warm. It's getting warm. Here we go. Here we go. And now guess what? Oh, that now it's dark. And it's going to stay dark. Okay, so here's the deal, though. This is why this is super important. Okay? Okay. This is why we have to have this. And Lance knows this already. He talked about this. Does anybody else know at what angle the Earth's axis is turned? Does anybody remember the number? Connor said 23, because you like Michael Jordan, 0.5. Okay, let me talk about just for a second why this is really, really important. Okay, so I know this is hard to see, but right now we're angled right here. Okay, which actually means um, if I I don't have this oriented right, because right now, if like this, we would actually be in winter time. See how close this is to the light? And see how this is farther away from the light? But remember, I want you to hold the sun, and I want you to follow me. Okay? Remember, the earth is doing... The, oh, wow, that is bright. Okay? The earth is spinning, and now what am I doing? I'm going around the sun. Now the, you got to keep following me. Keep the light on my... Here we go. Now, the sun is a big ball of gas. No jokes. Okay, and it keeps going around. Okay, and it's going to take me 365 and one quarter days to get all the way around. Okay, but now I'm going to get over on this side. Now remember before, we were this way, but now we're this way. And guess what that means? That means that where are we now as far as seasons are concerned? We're now in the summertime. Like, I don't know how long it's been since you've thought about this. But this is a really big deal, okay? And this is why I want to talk for just a second. So it keeps spinning. Oh, it's night time, okay? And you also notice that because it's summertime, we're going to get a lot more light. The light is going to last longer because the way that the axis is pointed. And if I come all the way back around here, well, I should have went around that way, but I don't want to trip on the steps and shine the light on there. Our day is not going to last near as long because not as much light is going to get on there. Right? You're holding that up? What would happen if we didn't have that 23.5 degree tilt? What if it was like this? What's one big thing that changes? There are no seasons. I mean, we got some farmers back there. What would happen if you didn't have seasons? How important is it for our land? for our lives if we didn't have seasons. We take for granted the fact that if you don't have seasons, you don't have time for the land in the winter to lay dormant, to to renew itself, so the next spring it can start growing again. You don't have the hot and the cold, 
I love the cold. I love the cold because when it gets really, really cold, it kills off the bugs. You don't have the winter. You don't kill off the bugs. And we're swatting mosquitoes 12 months out of the year. How many things are, are, are completely affected by this 23.5 degree tilt? In fact, there are scientists who say you move it just a few degrees this way and you lose those seasons. You, you uh, tilt it further back a few degrees and your seasons become so harsh that the land cannot permit the really cold winters and the really hot summers. Okay, you guys did great. Thank you so much. Y'all can, can have a seat. And I may bring you back up again, but I, I, I think we've got this. How amazing is the planet that we live on and we don't even think about it. The earth is not a little basketball-sized globe that sits on a table. It is humongous. The distance, if you were able to go all the way through it from one edge to the other, that is 8,000 miles. If you were to travel all the way around the equator, that would be 24,000 miles. Now, I don't know if this is exact, right? But I think this is not exact. But how many of you knew that the earth is not a sphere? Raise your hand that you knew, I knew Barry would know this. The earth is not a sphere. It is wider here than it is here. And the reason why is because it spins and that kind of just compresses it just a little bit that it's wider than it is taller. And it's 24,000 miles. If you could swim or walk around the equator itself, it is tremendously large and it spins and the spinning not only gives us night and day what else does it give us it gives us gravity we have gravity because of how fast the earth is spinning if it spins too slow what does that mean we lose gravity and that's great because we all lose weight <laughs> And then we start floating around and we can't anchor ourselves to anything. It, it spins a little bit too fast. And all of a sudden the gravity is so great that it, it causes pressure on us, on our bones, and, and we cannot live the way that we would be able to live today. 23.5 degrees. You change it a little and we don't have the right seasons, you change it too much, our seasons are too harsh. And I was going to show that when we have the sun, and we're actually going to talk about this next week. But if you get too close to the sun, what happens? You burn up. You get too far away from the sun, and what happens? You get, you cold, you get cold and you freeze. Okay, you spin too fast, gravity is too high. You spin too slow, and, it, it, uh, and we start floating around. Think about creation. I wanted to spend all this time talking about that because I don't believe this was an accident. I don't think that giraffes, roses, rainbows, and blue whales came from the primordial 
slime of two colliding planets some 4.5 billion years ago. Some of you may be familiar with the name Charles Darwin. Does anybody know anything about him? He lived and wrote a book called what? Origin of the Species. He wrote that book 160 years ago. And he said several things. One of the things he said was, based on his findings, is that he thought that the earth, he didn't give an exact estimate, but he thought it was somewhere around 300 million years old. And as scientists and paleontologists and people in the medical field kept observing what was going on in our planet, they said there is no way that it could have evolved that fast. And it turns out that his 300 million year estimate, they keep bumping back and bumping back and bumping back. And he was off by about 4.2 billion years based on scientists' estimates today. They said it is so complex and we're going to talk about this in class today. But we are so intricately woven together that, that it is just unfathomable to think that this all came out as an accident and that there isn't a God. In fact, my argument this morning is that creation cries out that there is a God. That it just couldn't have accidentally happened. That so much is riding not just on intelligent design, but a God who absolutely loves us. I have so much more I want to talk about, but we're just really out of time for our sermon, and I'm doing this on purpose. Please hang around for class. I want to talk a little bit more about creation and why we believe that there has to be something bigger than this planet, this moon that came out of nowhere and and all of a sudden it fell down and we have a 23.5 degree tilted earth that's spinning at the exact right amount that's circling around the earth there's got to be something bigger there's got to be something greater and I think we know who that is and I want you to join me in that uh, in just a few minutes. But right now we're going to continue praising God, a God who is so great that would not only create, create the world, but each one of us and ultimately send his son for us. And that's why we're going to stand and sing this song of invitation this morning. Please join me as we stand and sing. <laughs> 